Ryan Hartley here. Today is my birthday. If you are listening to this episode within a week of the 12th of May, would you like to enter a competition to get yourself a free Always Better Than Yesterday t-shirt? My birthday gift to you. To enter, all you need to do is screenshot this episode, tag me in at Ryan B. Hartley, and guess my age. If you want to enter to get yourself a free Always Better Than Yesterday t-shirt, simply screenshot this podcast, share it on your socials, tag me in at Ryan B. Hartley, and guess my age. If you get it right, I'll be sending you an Always Better Than Yesterday t-shirt as a birthday gift from me. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. Here is episode 127. The essential part of that is our heart mm. being involved in it when our heart's in it. But there's also a lo- another intellectual, an intellectual element, element, which is, you know, what, what we'll catch here. And so just have an awareness of that. What's going to, and it's like even going, when we can go back to pubs, <laughs> talk to other people. It's like if you mention an idea to a group of friends and they go, yeah, that sounds good. Or they go, fuck me, that's amazing. <laughs> that's the difference. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And my job has always been to spot the difference between those two things. Often, you know, in advertising, that was it. It's like, I, I can see that. And, and so somebody, a lot of the time when I'm coaching, for example, and people in this area, and people say, well, I've been thinking about this, and I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking I've got a, a dog training business, and, 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 and they can talk for half an hour. Mm. And I, I can see that, I can usually see the little thing, like, yeah, that's the thing, that's it. That if you can just dramatize that, you've got a great business. You're Ryan Hartley here, host of the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. Welcome to the interview sessions where I put my curious questions to inspiring people. I have one goal in mind for our time spent together today, that you hear something that really inspires you and that's going to leave you a little bit better than before you pushed play. These interview sessions are brought to you by our great friends at Web Creation. Head to webcreationgroup.com for stunning websites at sensible prices. Today on episode 127, I am joined by author John C. Parkin. John is the author of the Fuck It series of books. He has written one of my favorite books, which is Fuck It, Do What You Love. We're going to hear the words fuck it a few more times in the next 40 minutes i hope you're not too offended i really hope that you get to hear something in john's message that brings you a sense of freedom of surrender of fuck it let's go i'm gonna do more of what i love i'm gonna do less of what i don't i'm gonna have courage in the way that i show up why because you deserve it and I love it. It's a great conversation about one of my favorite topics, doing more of what you love. I'd love for you to share this with someone that you would love to inspire and encourage to do more of what they love too. Here we go, episode 127 with John C. Parkin. Enjoy, my friends. 
John, welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast, my friend. How are you? Hi, Ryan. I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am very well. I'm very well. I am. Um, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I know we both share our heart for helping people do what they love. Um, I came across you and your work and your your fuck it uh, series, shall we say, through your is it your third book? Do what you love. I don't know actually. <laughs> I don't know what number it is. It's been six. Uh, four four that took me a long time to write, and two that didn't take so long to write because there were mainly little lines and drawings. But yeah, do what you love a few years ago and uh yeah bang on it i've um i've done a little bit of research and i know that you have your own kind of fuck it moment do what you love around about 2001 but tell us a little bit about life leading up to that moment what just give us a sense of of your life who you were and what you were doing at the time sure yeah i was um i was a creative well with a guy around me so i'm, I'm married to a guy a guy polini so we do a lot of our stuff together and we met in an advertising agency. So we were both creatives um, <clears throat> in London in the 1990s, creating things like ads for pot noodle, um, <laughs> most interestingly, probably, uh, and the AA. And we both shared an interest in um, alternative stuff. Mm -hmm. So she was into counselling and therapy, and I was into things like Chicong. And, uh, and we both pretty much liked the job that we were doing. It's quite a cool job. Um, but we wanted to do more of this stuff, more of practicing it ourselves and helping other people with um, learning how to relax and let go uh, and mm. be more themselves and do what they love. Yeah. So we kind of, we hopped it really. Uh, and yeah, 2000, 2000, you're right, 2001, our boys, twin boys were born. And uh, within six months, we were thinking we need to, let's move on and let's, so we, we packed everything into a camper van. Mm. and left for Italy because Guy is Italian and so we went to try and find a, a big bit of land and a, a rundown place to set up a retreat centre which is kind of what we did. It, it's so funny because like I'm reading on the website 2001 Guy gives birth to your two sons and then John leaves work one month later and you think that's so counter like what you because you talk about when you talk about do what you love there's this response of yes but and children and mortgages are probably top of that list of certainly was top of my list like why was that different for you why was it one month after they were born then you just decided to go it was mainly because i wasn't sleeping i, I just <laughs> I, found <it> in, <laughs> I found it incompatible to work and yeah. to have young children and i don't know how anybody does it it's like i was going into if i, I remembered um because in in that business you work in in teams to, in teams of two and the person I was working with, um, a couple of years before our boys were born, he'd had a, uh, with his partner, a new child, a baby. And he'd come, he'd come in in the morning and in that business, you'd get in at like 9.30, 10 o'clock. And he'd come in and he'd like, and I'd be there gearing up from my relaxed, nice life. And just kind of going, oh, here we go then, kind of let's get going. And he'd come in and he'd slump into the chair and go, oh, thank God. <laughs> and it was like a relief for him to come to work. And I was like, oh, wow, this is quite, this is a different life. And I, my, our experience was, I mean, we were sleeping. We had a massive, we got a massive bed made for us and the twins. Mm. We were sleeping with the boys and they were disturbed at night. It was just insane. So I can't do this. So I left work. You, um, you obviously then go on to write your, 
your first couple of books and hosting retreats out in Italy. Um, the Hill That Breathes in 2011, I understand, was given European Retreat of the Year. And, and, and again, there's this sense that in the same year you closed it. It's <laughs> <laughs> just so counter. Like, I'm really intrigued by where does the, what what's go? Why did you close it? Um, well, overall, I'm probably quite a contrary person. I mean, mm. I tend, I, I prefer to go in the opposite direction. Sure. People have said that it's interesting, even just going to Italy. I think a lot of people, when we went to Italy and whenever it was to set up the place in the end was 2004 when we moved, it's like loads of people were coming from Italy to England, to London to work. I mean, there's a massive amount of Italians in, in London over those years that we were in Italy. And then we've we've actually come back to the UK in this, you know, a year ago, just over a year ago, when everybody's going in the opposite direction, because mm. mainly because of Brexit. Uh, but so I guess so that kind of happens. I mean, it, what we the reason we closed it was because we it was really hard work. You're probably seeing a theme here. <laughs> really hard work means get out. <laughs> it yeah. was really, really hard work running uh, a centre. Yeah. And. And it was, it was successful. And, you know, the, in terms of the money, it was that. We were at the bit where it was really doing very well money-wise. Um, if I look back at the accounts now, I'd kind of go, are you, were you insane? Because that's the <laughs> moment where it really starts to make money, a business like that, if you're doing well. Um, but no, we couldn't do it anymore. We couldn't do the thing of having, we had eight staff, I think. And, you know, even though I wasn't working that much in the business at that point because we had eight staff, mm -hmm. it was still a lot of responsibility, a lot of stress. What we wanted to do was really just hang out more and just share what we do, we share what we think about and what we do, which is ideas like fuck it is and ideas of how to, for other people to kind of do more. What mm -hmm. That's the idea of fuck it. It's like, don't, don't bother so much. Don't take everything so seriously. Do more what you fancy and relax a bit more. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I completely buy into that. But for the skeptics, what are some of the yes buts that you hear all the time? Um, well, it's fuck it in general will be, in fact, just as I, as I think about this, I remember somebody, <clears throat> excuse me, early on, it may well have been the first fuck it week that we taught because that's how this all started. Um, in the first year of doing retreats in 2004, we actually said, we said to somebody, it's probably a good idea if you say fuck it to this and say fuck it to that. And, mm. and they said, oh, that's really great. So we decided to run a, a retreat. So I ran this first retreat. And uh, and then that, I think, it, I think I'm pretty sure it was that first week. And we were doing it in a massive teepee on this hill, on the hill that we had, the hill that was breathing. And I was chatting away about the ideas. So we were developing the ideas of what can this mean? What could it mean as a philosophy, as a you know, as a way of living to say mm. fuck it to things. Mm. So I was saying, hey, you could say fuck it to this. It's like, don't, what about this? Blah, 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 blah. And somebody got, uh, I know it was, somebody got up in the, and she actually came back to a, a couple of retreats later on. So, but she got up and she, <laughs> she storms out, um, Piers Morgan style. Yeah. <laughs> as screaming, it's so fucking irresponsible, this. <laughs> yeah. And it's that thing. So, what about people? You got a fucking mortgage, and you. Uh, so yeah, it's not. It's and the, the suggestion is not to do yes. to just say fuck it and give everything up and just sit in front of the telly. Mm. That is not the suggestion, and that's why. Well, you can get a lot from reading the front of the book. 
you know, any of the books, they say fuck it and then something else. Mm. Um, but it's it's more, and that, that's why I'm, I'm writing a lot about it, because it's a relatively sophisticated idea. Mm. And the idea is really tuning into what we would like to do, tuning into ourselves more, listening to ourselves more. So it's rooted in quite, you know, um, the wisdom, the wisdom of the East or our own wisdom of needing to listen to ourselves more rather than listening to the world out there. It's interesting because I think, you know, that fuck it, those words come out of our mouth when we're either about to do something brave, do something courageous, to do something, or even just to give ourselves some peace. And my sister, she's due to get married. It's been, the the event's been on hold for, for due to COVID. Um, there's been some issues with the venue that meant that, um, again, just wasn't able to have the wedding this year. <clears throat> and last night she said the words, fuck it. <laughs> and I think it kind of links to the the title of your new book, which is about um, accepting, I don't want to get it wrong, let me read it, is be at peace with life as it is. And I guess how true has that been with the last the last 12 months in 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 the world in the uk with with everything that's going on are you really seeing a, um an uptake in your services and and in your your books because of the uh the book that you wrote in 2018 um well there's certainly people are very responsive to the the kind of messages mm. that we've been that we've been sharing for a long time in this yeah. last year yeah and in fact when the pandemic started so pretty much this time last year in in uh February, March, uh, 2020, uh, we both suddenly felt like, my goodness, we're kind of needed now more than ever. Yeah. It's like that we've got a message here, which is like, uh, it's, c- c- calm down, <laughs> calm the fuck down. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. going to be okay. We have to take it step by step, a whole range of things. And, you know, we set up an online thing called Tough Times Therapy yeah. that we had, I can't remember how many people, about 100 people or something. And, it was brilliant for them and for us to go through 12 weeks, early 12 weeks of it, just tuning in every week, coming together and talking about it and seeing what we can do and sharing ideas, what we can do. So um, it's it kind of, it, the heart of the, these ideas, like ideas that you're, you're talking about and you're sharing, they do work. It does work. Of course, of course we can misinterpret it and take it in a completely sure. mad direction. But, um, and you, you said it just then about the two directions of bucket, which is what we're talking about. And my, a lot of my grounding is, it, as well as in Buddhism, it's in Taoism. And in Taoism, mm-hmm. you have the energy of the yang energy and you have the yin energy, the mm-hmm. kind of going out and getting it. And then the yin, which is like giving up and relaxing and slowing down. Mm-hmm. And like in Taoism, you need both energies. You need day coming after night. You don't want an endless night, but neither do you want an endless day. You don't yeah. want an endless summer. I've, I've lived in place where the, the summer is quite long you know I don't I wouldn't like it to be endless I like a bit of winter mm. and it's the same in our life so fuck it is fuck it I want to do that yeah come on let's set up the business let's do that let's go out with a message mm. that is a great energy that yang powerful boom let's let's just show you know even the you know selfish motives like let's make loads of money they said what that and then the other side of it is like, this is too much. This is causing me pain. We're working too hard. Uh, it's stressing me out. I'm too attached to this. I'm just in this relationship. It's not working. Fuck mm. it. Boom. Yen. Yeah. You, um, 
one of the spiritual practices that has never been my best friend, but I'm really working on is surrender. Yeah. And uh, you talked, uh, I understand if I understand this right, you said, fuck it to a chronic illness and, uh, and it healed. Was that an act of surrender? It really was. I mean, I, I, it, the kind of early fuck it moments, that was a really significant one for me. And it, it, it was, and I, I understand, you know, the, the, the issues around something like surrender and acceptance as ideas but in practice when they actually happen there's a kind of reality to it that's very powerful but yeah with that was that was me I was uh I suffered from allergies and a variety of kind of you know asthma eczema when I was very young and then I was an adult as well and part of the reason of going to Italy and I sometimes forget this part of the reason going from this damp climate was to to heal really to in the hope that i'd be better i seemed to be better when it was dry and sunny so that was part of the reason and um, so we went out we did as we did everything you know we borrowed loads of money set up this thing and 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 uh, went there and i didn't i wasn't getting better i was actually getting more sick <laughs> mm, mm, mm. <laughs> oh you know take the family over there and so yeah there was a moment where i'm kind of going I, I was standing in the bathroom in this in the retreat center where we were we were living within the centre and I was looking in the mirror kind of going, oh, it's just hopeless. You've done all this and, you know, everything. You've pulled everybody out here. We've done this and that, that, that. And you just sit, what's the, what's the fucking point, really? You know, what was that all about? Mm-hmm. And then I, there's just like a switch uh, where I went, well, not that bad, is it? It's sunny every day. <laughs> with your family you got your kids it's really lovely you basically your job is just to have dinner parties with people all the time and just laugh with people which is kind of what i like doing uh it's not that bad and in the end you're not it's not like you can't you know it's not terrible terrible you're honest it's uncomfortable sometimes you can't sleep sometimes you look strange but it's not terrible mm. come on and so I, what happened i kind of surrendered the idea of getting better that's what happened. Mm. I kind of went, because my idea was always, my desire was always to be fully well. There's a whole idea in the kind of holistic health, which is you need to be whole and well. Mm. All those same word, isn't it? It's all related to the same word, which is like something that I couldn't achieve. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't be well holistic, that I was sick. And then I went, well, fuck it. I went, okay, so I'm sick. It's not bad life. In fact, it's pretty good. And that's, so that's surrendering. And then, yeah. Within a couple of weeks, I was getting better. And within six months, I was I was completely well in wow. a way that I hadn't been for probably 20 years. Wow. Um, yeah. And I've continued to be. So that's 15 years ago. And wow. I've continued to be largely well ever since. I still have an underlying illness, which is allergic to shit. But, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm generally, you know, generally very well, including back in this damp climate. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And um, you're bringing it back to the book, Do What You Love, I think something that uh, i i'm a practical man too i love the steps and the the methods and the frameworks that you put around these concepts and um you something you share that i'm equally uh, keen to tell people is about do more of what you love and less of what you don't why is it important to do less of what you don't love uh, it's, it's interesting this i mean i got i've got a debate going on all the time about this because um and I know people, I know coaches, um, I talk to often, 
who were very into the idea, I'm thinking of one person in particular, who was very into the idea of, of always listening to what you need, what I need, what is needed, and only working from that. It's like what is needed from here every day, only working from that, not doing anything else. Otherwise, it's watching, I need to go and watch the telly, I'll watch the telly. That's kind of what I've been teaching for a, a long time, which is like constantly tuning in. But my reality of my life is I can't do that, actually. That's the truth. And uh, I am always trying to refine, so I'm generally doing mainly what I like doing. Mm. But it seems to be for me, and this is why I have interesting debates with people like that, it seems to be that, and with like business as well, there's almost always stuff that's kind of, you've got to get in and do it. Mm. So it's a, it's a little bit, it's a little bit like relaxation to me in terms of the concept mm-hmm. in that it's not that I relax and then I'm relaxed for the rest of my life. So the relaxing is a verb. It's not a, it's not a noun. It's not a state. It's not a noun mm-hmm. I get to then I'm there. And so the doing what you love thing is that it's like, it's not that I do what I love, but I'm doing what I love for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. It's a constant thing of like, okay, this week, <laughs> What would I, what do I, what do I need to do and what do I like doing and trying to get that right? What about those, uh, those people that have got so lost in their life that they don't realize or don't know what they love? What's your advice to those people? Yeah. I mean, there's, um, I'd have to get the book out for the exact exercises that I recommended, but it is true. You do, there, there are, yeah. And we have had people on the retreats over the years. Yeah. When we'd say things like do what you fancy or you know do do what other go well i don't know anymore yeah. and it, you're right you kind of it's a little bit like that there's the same process that goes on kind of um around us as people isn't there which is we somehow I mean, Gaia's work is you know, she's a therapist and she teaches uh being me therapy that's her thing that's her mm-hmm. that's her um what she teaches uh in one-to-ones and and, uh, and everything else and in terms of being me and being myself, a lot of us find ourselves down through our lives, whatever, in our 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, mm-hmm. kind of going, Phew. and then remembering a bit of how we were, going, how did that happen? I'm not, I'm kind of not like that anymore. I've forgotten what I was like. I've forgotten what I like. I've forgotten what mm-hmm. I do. Because I used to play the piano. I used to, you know, I used to love dancing. It's like I've done, done it for years. So it's like, so it's exactly what you say. We almost get drifted down this river of life. Mm. It takes us off in, in places that we wouldn't really fancy doing or whatever it is. It might be the obligations of life that do it. Yeah. Um, so it, it is really a necessary process then to take a step back and do the kind of the work yeah. of trying to work out what we like doing. Mm. I've been very fortunate enough to say that I love what I do for a number of years. And my wife's always looked over the fence with a little bit of envy. And uh, this year she's really started to do more of what she loves, which is create an art, be, you know, do art. And the funny thing is that the minute the mind engages with some sort of expectation, well, how can I create a business of this? Or how can I sell this? Or what if I have to do X, Y, and Z? It draws away from the sheer love of creation. And is that something you see in here much? Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm thinking in one one person in particular uh, who he he loves photography and he loves taking photos. It's been his passion all his life, but he would never 
he never did it as a business and then never would do it as a mm. business because for him there was this idea of of there's your passion and your love and there's work and the work thing can then and that can pollute they can pollute each other mm. now i've never had that uh and i'm happy to kind of try to make a living out of the things that i really like doing <laughs> you know i just had a go at trying to make some a living out of uh making music which i really like doing things so mm -hmm. i will do that so that's i i'm not i don't have that reluctance but what i see is that of course it does change it you know there's going to be if you're trying to make a living out of making art Mm. it's not just sitting there in the pure creative space every day creating art it's not there's a there's a kind of roughness for most people for setting up a business mm. and for making a living uh and being like the entrepreneurial side of it i'm a, i'm afraid to say that for for many of us there's a roughness to it there's a you know it means working hard and overcoming lots of problems Mm. and facing challenges and and it's like and then facing disappointments yeah things not working and then trying to make them work and you know being pulled into that and so but that's how it that's how it is and that's what happens when you merge the two things so it's kind of a yes and no this isn't it mm. why do you think doing what you love takes courage um because i suppose because um we're often swimming against some tide <laughs> yeah i mean um unless one is very lucky and i mean the world has changed as well so much in the last 20 years i was going to say if if one's very lucky and you can find the kind of traditional job where you're purely in love with it and love the work fair enough but it generally means doing what you love often means kind of creating something yourself creating a kind of lifestyle around it which is i mean it's similar i mean pandemic aside mm. or maybe pandemic allowing because it's allowed a lot of people to kind of do online stuff as well yep, but yep. pandemic aside uh, society is more supporting of the kind of freelance uh, uh it's, it's it's interesting i just a little thought on it is that we've kind of um and where are you from where in the country are you from wiltshire um where's that southwest near stonehenge uh, yeah oh fantastic lovely <laughs> <laughs> really nice um i was uh, i'm kind of pitching myself further north and thinking about the um where i come from like nottingham derby south derbyshire mm -hmm. um where the industrial revolution started pretty much mm -hmm. and uh, uh and we went from so this is the peculiar thing for me that i'm seeing over the last couple of hundred years we went from uh a cottage literally cottage industry didn't we where people were just making their clothes on their mm -hmm. hand by hand or on little looms in their cottages to the to the factories and industrialization to the economies of scale and then we are living through the effects of industrialization industrialization where there's kind of on mass everything's done on mass mm -hmm. and uh and then we've been working for big companies for the last whatever 50 100 years and then working in service in big companies or smaller but bigger companies and now lots of us are going back into our own little cottages mm. literally into our own houses and cottages mm. and providing our own thing again uh so and i know there's the still the big there's the big stuff out there there's the there's the mammoth there's the there's the monsters out there mm -hmm. but there's also this incredible opportunity 
uh, and the opportunity of the technology to actually go, well, I do like art, I do like photography. What I love is playing the violin. You know, our sons, one of them's a musician, mm-hmm. a guitarist, he writes music. Yep. And he, they still, in the college, they're still looking at what the traditional models, but I'd sit there and go, well, to set up a membership site, teach people how to play the guitar, to set up a membership site and and write a song for people every week. Mm. You know, there's a hundred now, there's a, there's a thousand ways to make a living from what we love now. Mm. Yeah, I love the fact that you're... Uh... Uh, saw on your YouTube channel, I saw the the fuck it anthem and had a little listen to that. And uh, yeah, what's the um, you know, I, I um, my my son is uh, we we read similar books together around kind of leadership and mindset and um, health and well being and mindfulness and you know, it, how old is your son? He's eight. So yeah, so wow. it, I'm I'm trying to raise him in a way that. Um, it's not like he's a little protege. It's not like a little mini me, like I'm trying to mold, but I'm also trying to teach him, you know, about what it means to be a Hartley values and things like that. How has it been raising two boys under a, um, under a fuck it banner? It's, it's interesting how little really uh, they understood of it. I think, um, mm-hmm. explicitly and intellectually, um, so Frank, for a long time, they didn't really know what we were doing. Um, we would we never kind of involved them in any practices. I mean, what, what we were doing was just living the life. We sure. lived the life of doing what we like, and, mm. you know, being open and curious and everything else. Mm. And yeah, doing what we fancied. We never sat there and we never did meditation with them or chicken or anything with them. Mm. We'd see weird people in the teepee doing <laughs> meditation, but they never did, we never did it with them. So they didn't really get it actually, but but what there was is a kind of uh, a sensibility yeah. within the within the house. So uh, I remember the first time one of them got it about like it was about his own work. It was like I don't know how old he was, maybe twelve or something. And he goes, he goes, he goes, I really can't, I just, just can't do this homework. It's fact, it's not important. And, uh, I'm I'm understanding for the first time your bucket idea, Dad. And I went, oh no. <laughs> Yeah. yeah what have i created yeah goes back to school and dad says i can fuck it do what i like instead yeah. <laughs> that's class i really like that but and they dad... really are i mean our boys they're 19 and they're now at university just gone back one doing film and one doing music one's a director film director the one's a, uh, as i say a songwriter mm. and they're really great guys and they have no reluctance in following their passion mm. you know that that is a testament in some some way to the to our environment we've had as a family and um you know i mean i know i know what to do to help them to support them in, mm. in making some pounds uh or dollars mm. from what they do but the main thing is they're just there one of them's wanted to create great short films and wants to do it on his own he wants to do independent films he doesn't want to be part of you know a big thing in the studio mm-hmm. it's what's, and the other one is just wants to make great music so yeah i love that yeah. you um you you share a concept in the book about finding the virus and obviously you wrote the book 2016 but that that's a, a very topical subject now what um uh, what is the relevance of finding the virus when it comes to doing what you love i don't know i don't even i don't recall what i meant by finding the virus was i talking about the viral ideas 
spreads yes yeah, the spread yeah. and i think it's what you were just touching on there around the fact that you've role modeled the life you know that to yeah. your kids yeah i mean the um i guess i was talking a little bit about um is that is a weird mix isn't it when we when we're setting off trying to to make a living from doing what we love as well as just doing what we love um and by the way the other side of that this is a kind of a, a bracket is mm -hmm. loving what we do which is your kind of a bit more in the surrender territory mm -hmm. which is like this is what i do and which is kind of what i play with a lot of the time it's like well i have to do i do have to do the profit and loss bit of my mm -hmm. business mm -hmm. So I, I to, to sit with that and to be in it and to love it or at least like it and be in it is an important part of it. Um, yeah, but the viral thing, if, we, if we're going to want to make a living from uh, doing what we love, um, it's a process of kind of understanding what we love and what we're passionate about. And it's good if we're good at it as well. It's kind of, that kind of helps to be good at that. So for you to be good as a, a coach and a leader uh, and, um, yep. and on things like, you know, to be a host and, and, uh, and things like this is clearly important. If you were rubbish here, <laughs> it wouldn't work. If you were shouting at me, it wouldn't work. So, yeah. <laughs> so we got to be good. Uh, we got to tune into the passion, and then to get out there, it it's really worth tuning into things that will catch with people, that mm. will, will that will uh, catch people's attention, and then spread. Because the best way. I mean, I'm very into the idea of real kind of pull marketing rather than push marketing um, for any business, which mm -hmm. is it's much better if people come to you rather than you banging on their doors. Most people, if you get if you can get people to come out of their doors and meet you somewhere mm -hmm. and they want to find out where you are rather than banging on their door saying, look what I've got. So that's the idea there. And that tends to come that an essential part of that is our heart mm -hmm. being involved in it when our heart's in it. Mm. But there's also a another intellectual, an intellectual element, element, which is, you know, what what will catch here, and so just have an awareness of that. What's gonna, and it's like even going when we can go back to pubs, <laughs> talk mm. to other people. Mm. It's like if you mention an idea to a group of friends and they go, yeah, that sounds good, or they go, fuck me, that's amazing. <laughs> that's the difference. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And my job has always been to spot the difference between those two things. Often, you know, in, in advertising, that was it. It's like, I, I can see that. And, and so if somebody, a lot of the time, when I'm coaching, for example, and people in this area, and people say, well, I've been thinking about this, I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking I've got a, a dog training business, and, 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 and I can talk for half an hour. Mm. And I, I can see that, I can usually see the little thing, that yeah, that's the thing, that's it. That if you can just dramatize that, you've got a great business. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I ask this question of all my guests, and I'm really intrigued to know where you're going to take this. What does the phrase always better than yesterday mean to you? It's, I thought about, I, I did think about clearly a little bit before before we spoke <laughs> as to what that does mean to me, because um, what, it, what it does mean, and I really like this element of my interpretation of it, because yeah. I'm aware it could be interpreted in lots of ways, is it's about incremental change. And, and that I really like that in my life and in my business. I, mm. you know, sometimes you need to do the fuck it and kind of leap and make the big thing, mm -hmm. uh, which we do. Clearly, we do occasionally. We're not averse to doing that. But what I love is the the kind of bringing in slowly, bringing in habits mm -hmm. and being a bit better in like even in the business, being a bit better each month. Mm. The figures being a bit better. The the amount of times I 
do a Facebook Live, do it a bit more more, more often. You know, so it's that thing. Mm. And in myself, it's that. It's eating a little bit less in the way of toast and butter every day <laughs> and walking a little bit more. Yeah. So I really feel that thing of like this gentle, yeah. um, this gentle movement in the right direction. Yeah. For some people, it's it's a case of, fuck it. Why do I need to be better? Why yeah. do I want to be better? And, and I've come to the conclusion that it's um, being better than yesterday is the result of when you put love first. Yeah. When you do what you love, when you be someone that you love, you show up in ways that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise that leave you and others around you better. Yeah, that's nice. Mm. Beautiful. That's a beautiful way to do it. <laughs> it. Well, it's funny because, you know, I've been I've been hosting this podcast for a couple of years. I've been but that clarity is still coming, you know, and I guess that's the evolution of doing what you love and you just continuously pursue it. Right. It's true. I mean, and that that does carry and that's what I'm a little bit what I meant about the um the the verb of it. That you know, yeah. the iteration of a of an idea. Because what you're what you're doing with this is you're you've created a really nice idea that is a, a viral, catchy idea that, mm. that intrigues people. And then you're seeing that comes from you, but you're seeing what bits of you fit under that mm. and the different sense of the meaning. And that that is really sweet. That's a really nice way of Thank you. It. So firstly, just want to say thank you for taking time out of your day. Come spend it with our community. I will add all your links and, and the good stuff in the show notes, um, which will contain all the links to all your books. What are your, what, what's uh, 2021 got in store for you? I, I know that the retreats have been put on hold because of, but what's, what's coming up second half of the year? Well, retreats, actually, we are, we're doing uh, two or three retreats. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, what we spend our time, it's interesting. We had a year, two years maybe before the pandemic, we were starting, we, we each do a membership uh, that we open once a year. So we do quite a bit of online stuff, but it, we're really excited about getting back to the retreats as well. We, yeah. did, we did actually do two last year in the little window of, of kind of yep. breath between different <laughs> waves around Europe. And we're, as I say, we're hoping to, we're, we're hoping we're going to be doing two or three this year. Fantastic. Um, we'll, inc so, yeah. we'll include and, all that within the show notes and, and let yeah. people know how they can get hold of that. Thank you, Ryan. And thank yeah. you for, for having me today. It's been really great to chat. Thank you. I'd love it if you would leave us with a final thought from your good self. Well, my, my thought will um, be around uh, just tuning in to, to the best way to use fuck it. I mean, fuck it is a, fantastic mantra mm. because when you know it's there and when you can use it it can just take you in so many different directions so use fuck it as a mantra when you need it uh, to either go in the yang direction and kind of get on and do things fuck it i'm going to get up and get going and do this stuff or when you need to slow down mm. and so give up on things and surrender as you said earlier so so this the invitation is to use uh, fuck it as a mantra for allowing you to tune into yourself and the flow of life. Love it. John, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Take care. There we go, episode 127. I hope that's inspired you in some way. What a great conversation. Go and check out John's books. Come and join us in the We Are Always Better Than Yesterday Facebook community to surround yourself with over 600 like-hearted human beings. Come as you are and hopefully leave a little bit 
better. Don't forget to enter the birthday competition if you're listening to this within seven days of the 12th of May. My birthday competition, simply screenshot this podcast, share it to your socials, tag me in at Ryan B. Hartley and guess my age. If you are correct, I shall send you a free Always Better Than Yesterday t-shirt as a birthday gift from me. Thank you for listening to the very end. I'll never take it for granted and I look forward to sharing space with you again very, very soon. Always love.